Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by Emmy Award-winning actor, sci-fi legend, and Star Trek's very own Zephram Cochran himself, James Cromwell. You notice that police shows are selling to entire generations growing up. And some who are grown up and have very malleable minds, that the solutions to crime are simple. You just shoot them or throw them in jail. Welcome back to Quoting Gene Roddenberry and my co-host this week, Sharon Melton. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you. And our guest host this week, the amazing screenwriter and author, Gary Witta. Welcome once again, Gary. Hello, hello. So as you heard the wonderful James Cromwell read, Gene gave us a very, in my opinion, a bold quote about police shows and the way that police uh, have been in the past uh, presented on television and in, in shows. So, Sharon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw this to you. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> what, uh, so what are your thoughts? Like, what's the first thing that came to, to your mind when, when you first uh, read this quote? Uh, well, a lot of things came to my mind, especially when you hear just shoot them or throw, you know, or throw them in jail. Granted, yeah. it was a different time. And as has been mentioned in the past, Gene Roddenberry did grow up with Westerns. He, He grew up with things like Dragnet and police shows, and that's what was expected in those dramas. I think it also created a generation that thinks differently than we do today Mm -hmm. about how police are treating individuals. Uh, And we've had a lot of instances where that is hopefully changing, but it took a long time to get to that. So being that for those people who can't see me, it's a podcast. I am an African-American woman. So my whole concept on this may be a little different than some, but I'm also a journalist too. So I, I interact with a lot of police officers when I interview them, when I get information. I also have a family member of mine, an older family member who was a police officer during these times that Gene Roddenberry is talking mm. about, a great-grandfather. So a lot of things go through my head back and forth on, I don't like to hear the word shoot them up and throw them in jail because as an African-American that scares the living daylights out of me. Mm -hmm. And there are some officers who still think along those lines, unfortunately, but also I would think that when you hear something about, you notice that police shows are selling to an entire generation's growing up. Some are grown up, have very malleable minds that the solutions to crime is simple, throw them up, get rid of them. People still think that way. I would hope and pray that people will stop thinking that way for the sake of my own humanity, but for the sake of my life. I have very close friends who are police officers who would never, ever consider this, but they do have 
women and men in blue who they work with, who they know and have told me still mm-hmm. think along these ways. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can change this is if we do have more cop shows in the future or any show in particular where we don't have that mindset, but it's going to be up to us to change that. And there are people within law enforcement that do this and those who do not. And I'm sorry, I'm about to get emotional because I see it all the time. I talk about it all the time. Yeah. But hopefully we are a part of a generation that is changing that whole concept about shoot first, ask questions later, because that's also the concept in there too. And that, or throw somebody in jail and and figure it out later when they get to the court, whether they're innocent or not. I, my, my mind just spins all over the place and I'm yeah. sorry for that, but yeah. it's a lot to kind of swallow. It's a lot to kind of digest that there is a mindset that has taught a generation that you don't always question a police officer. You just let them do what they're supposed to do, but that's not what it should be. We should all be treated equally. And unfortunately that time it wasn't like that, but maybe gives us hope that maybe we need to be the ones to change it, to make sure we are treated equally, that even police officers do what they're supposed to do because a lot do, but there's, there's still some bad apples out there that don't do it. Yeah, for sure. Gary, what are your thoughts on uh, this idea about police shows and the way that police have been portrayed for entertainment? First of all, I mean, just hearing James Cromwell's voice reading that, <laughs> yeah, it's like that's a trip all by itself. Right? Yeah. As, soon as, as soon as he opens his mouth, he really is one of those guys that could just read you the phone book. And yes. you're like, yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> um, not you know, not just Zephyr Copper, but you know, that'll do Pig and like all the other great <laughs> yes, kind of stuff yes, that same, he's associated same. with. Just what a what a wonderful wonderful actor, and again, a great a great choice. Uh, for Zephram Cochran. And it's really interesting the choice they made for him in first contact. Remember, he has that really vulnerable moment where he says, yes. I didn't I didn't build this thing yeah. for the betterment of humanity. I did it because I thought I could get rich yep. doing it, yep. right? I, I did it for money. I always thought that was a really great little, you know, kind of intimate moment. And, and again, it speaks to that duality of, of humanity. They kind of lucked into it, right? That he, he wasn't mm-hmm. doing it out of like any great human uh, desire, but one of our worst ones, right? Greed and avarice, like get rich doing this. But yeah, so it, first of all, it makes me really interested to see the cop show that Gene Runbury might have made, right? Like yeah, oh, that, that would have been interesting, yeah. Have been like, that could have been, I think that would have been really, really interesting. And it's definitely in the wake of George Floyd and mm-hmm. Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter and everything that we've lived through recently. And of course, not just recently, we've been living through this stuff since, you know, the dawn of, Time. It's just, it's more apparent now because everyone walks around with an internet connected camera in their pocket. Yep. It's not like it, it's, it's, yep. it's not more prevalent. It's just more visible yep. because we, 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 we see more of it and we record more of it and more, and it's harder to, you know, get away from this stuff and cops will carry body cams now and it's harder and harder to get away from, from, from the truth of it. And so this is obviously there are bigger issues than like how this reflects in popular entertainment, but you know, the, the popular entertainment that we create and consume for ourselves is a reflection of things. In my life, I've had very minimal contact with the police, but I've watched hundreds of hours of cop shows mm-hmm. and movies. And so that mirror is often how we see the world. And it's a fictional mirror. And, you know, they always have consultants and they do their research, but it's but it's always presented through a certain frame, uh, a certain context. And you're right that, you know, the kind of shows that Gene grew up with, which I still enjoy watching, you know, from back in the day. Like, I love watching the old Perry Mason shows and mm-hmm. Dragnet and that kind of stuff, you know, and, it, and it, it is, but it's, again, it's very, very simplistic, right? It's all white hats and black hats, cops and robbers, good guys and bad guys. And they never, I think back in the, in what we think of like now as the kind of the golden age, the early days of television, they weren't necessarily really interested in challenging audience. It was more just about kind of comfort food. Like you want to see the bad guy get locked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and there's, and there's very rarely, any kind of moral 
or ethical nuance in the case. This was a bad guy, like the circumstances of the case. Like it's very easy to, to, to feel good about locking this guy up or shooting him. Of course, it's never been that simple. And I do appreciate the fact that the way that we've, t the way that we've depicted, uh, you know, kind of the whole cops and robbers, you know, it's a very reductive way to put it. You know, again, the kind of the policing law enforcement um, aspect of society in television is something that has matured. My, my favorite cop, it's actually kind of an old show now. It was on in the 90s. But my favorite cop show was NYPD Blue, yeah. which I always thought did a very, very good job of, sh of, of painting a more a nuanced picture. There were a lot of bad cops on that show. Yeah. A lot of dirty cops. Yep. And, there were a yep. lot, and there were a lot of people on the other side of that, you know, the perps, the culprits, the, the, you know, the people that got caught up in the system. Some of them were bad guys and some of them weren't. Some of them were people that just got caught up in the system through no fault of their own and you just, even though they yeah. may have turned to crime, you understood the reasons why they got there. There were no fault of their own and you actually had sympathy for a lot of these people. And, it, and, and so I think the way that we, present these stories ha have has gotten a lot more nuanced and, and mm -hmm. reflective of reality and what we've seen in the post george floyd era this mm -hmm. this definitely set off an earthquake in the entertainment industry where you know so much especially what's on network television if you think about it, like it's it, it's all cop shows lawyer shows and medical <clears throat> shows right yep. and so a big chunk like two-thirds of what of what network television's output is had to get suddenly brought back in there was actually an nypd blue reboot i think that got brought back in because they're like wait 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 we have to change everything now brooklyn 99 i think for their final season had to completely retool everything everything yeah. the way in, in the way that they present policing and speak about these issues because again these shows don't exist in a vacuum if you put a police show on the air now in the post george floyd black lives matter era if you're not reflecting and talking about that yeah. stuff you're you're doing yeah. something wrong i think you're actually negligent in not addressing some of the, some of these issues and so i think what you're going to see going forward we're in this kind of transitional phase right now we'll always have cop shows we'll always have cop movies but i think what you're going to see going forward is shows that are trying to be more respectful and responsive to that stuff and again reflect the the, the new era that we're living in, uh, but yeah, more than more than anything, I, I would love to. I'd love to see the Gene Roddenberry cop show because clearly he was thinking about this stuff. How mm -hmm. it's not just mm -hmm. yeah, lock him up and throw away the key. There are very few cases these days where like everything is so black and white. It's like yeah, there, there are there are there are people who should be locked up and the key should be thrown away. We will always have elements of that society, but I think the vast majority of people, and we see it right. I, I think you know the. I, I think I'm right in saying I'm pulling this statistic out of my. Uh, out of thin air, but I think I'm right in saying that here in America, we have like the highest per capita number of people who are locked up. Yeah. And that's not because yeah. we're inherently worse or there's more crime. It's just that that's just the way right. that we deal with people yeah. coming from the UK. You know, the, the two things that really shock me, uh, the, the areas where I think that, that American society is most broken is in criminal justice and healthcare. Yes. I grew up with the national health service and uh, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of change the conversation too much, but I was thinking about this recently. One of my favorite scenes in Star Trek is in Star Trek four, when they go to the hospital and McCoy is to, to meet a woman who's on kidney dialysis. Yeah. He's like, what is this? The dark ages? Yeah. Take this pill. <laughs> yeah. If you were writing that scene today, if I were writing that scene today, it wouldn't be about dialysis. It would be about, wait, 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 what? They can fix your kidneys, but you've got to pay a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yes. What is this? The yep. dark ages. Yep. That's yep. the lens through which I would be looking at it now. Cause I guarantee you they have universal healthcare in Star right. in the Federation, in Starfleet. I guarantee yep. you that yep. one of the things you don't have to worry about in the 23rd century is if you break a leg or have a heart attack, 
uh, it's not just worry about getting well, but the bigger worry for a lot of people these days is, well, am I going to go bankrupt getting well? Right, in, right. No, in no modern society, in no human civilized society, should you have to be thinking about that stuff. It's one of the most broken elements of our uh, of our society. I know Gene was talking about policing here, and now and now I'm talking about uh, healthcare, but it's all part of the you know of, of kind of the broken you know reality that we live in. Uh, in the in the modern day, nothing's black and white. Nothing is nothing is as simple as we often uh, like to like to view it through the reductive lens of a popular culture. We like seeing the bad guys get locked up. I get it, but these days, I think in television and in film and in popular culture, which is how we view so much of our reality these days, especially since we're all locked up at home, doing we've got nothing to do but watch TV and play video games. And you and I right now are talking through a screen. Everything is through a screen. And so what you put up on that screen, you better think about what you're putting up there and showing to people and presenting to people because it shapes the way we view our lives and each other and our and our shared reality. So I think this is something you are going to see. We are We are definitely in a transitional phase right now where a lot of cop shows are off the air. As, as studios and networks have kind of pulled them back and said, okay, we have to reevaluate everything now because a lot has changed in the way that we view our relationship, you know, with uh, with the police and how is that going to be reflected in popular culture going forward? You don't want to you don't want to be seen to be behind the curvy. You've got to reflect the changing nature of our reality. We've had to, and we have been through a huge change. There was yeah. a war before George Floyd and now that now we live in a world after. And it did, even though that wasn't, you know, again, that just happened to be the one that was caught on video, right? It's not like that was a, a, an outlier. Right. This shit happens all the time. Sorry, yep. pardon my French, but this yep. happens all the time. And uh, we had a watershed case that really, really, you know, kind of woke a lot of people up. And again, I think you're going to see film and television be reactive to that. Uh, you know, it's it's always like a year or two behind the curve, right? Because you have to write the stuff, you have to film it, and get it. It's, it always takes the time for popular culture to kind of catch up. Unless you're South Park, where they can do an episode in a week. Yeah, right? it takes a, it takes a while <laughs> yeah. for the pop culture curve to kind of catch up to the changing sensibilities of what you know, have audiences are feeling, and we want to be responsive to that. So my guess is, in the next year or so, you're gonna you're gonna start to see. Uh, kind of a new era of police and law and order, criminal justice, television, fictionalized television that we're going to see is more, hopefully more responsive and reflective and sensitive to the times we live in now. But didn't yeah. we also foresee that? Because, I mean, you got to think about this, even though we have police officers who may have been doing bad things, he also brought it into the forefront when he put Wharf in a position of security, mm-hmm. which was a an African-American man in that position, mm-hmm. even though he's a man, he was, you know, we know a Klingon, yeah. but still just let That's people know that a, a different, a person who may in any other way, any shape or form on our planet have been thrown into jail, but instead we're going to put him in charge and treat people with your humanity. Yes. And he's not even human. And let's not forget that before Gene was such an amazing storyteller, I'm sure he told stories his whole life, but he was a police officer yes, as well. He was. So he, he, you can tell from just the way that he spoke and the stories that he told that that he saw law enforcement as more than just black and white. Like, obviously, the way that he uh, delivered this quote and the way that James read it very compassionately about like, there's more to it than that. And if you look at the way that Star Trek, the stories in the very ser- the various series are compared to other uh, cop shows where it's like pu- severely punitive, like it always pains the captains when they have to throw someone in the brig and they do everything they can. You know, they'll like Deanna Troy, the empath will try yes. to, to counsel them to, to get beyond just merely punishing them, locking them up and throwing them away. Even on Voyager, I can't remember the character's name, but there was a psychotic uh, Maquis 
crew member who was trapped on Voyager in the Del- in the Delta Quadrant with you know and, and they they couldn't just throw him away. They had to keep him on board. And the doctor worked with him, and Tuvok worked with him to try to rehabilitate him, and and all of that. So um, I think it's very clear to to wrap up this conversation that is so rich with so many good points and can go in so many different directions that Gene was just very careful to be. Uh, to say in this quote that there's more to uh, law enforcement than just, you know, black and white X or Z, you know, there, there's a lot of gray, there's a lot of nuance. And uh, as an optimist, if we can treat things with compassion, we can probably find better ways to solve those problems than just, you know, tossing people aside. Totally agree. So thank you both so much for such a great conversation today. And if you, gentle listener, would like to watch a video of James Cromwell reading today's quote, you can check it out on our social media accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we hope you'll join us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us. Post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 